Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. and counting until Azteca and the nerves are starting to kick in. I'm Heath Pierce, he's Charlie Davies, and this is In Soccer We Trust, a new podcast and YouTube channel from CBS Sports dedicated to all things American soccer. We've got a packed show today. We'll be previewing Mexico versus the U.S. men's national team and the rest of Thursday's CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers, as well as welcoming in a very special guest, former Mexico midfielder Paco Palencia, to get his thoughts about El Tri's preparations. And by the way, we are in a giving mood today. I mean, we're in a giving mood all the time, but especially giving today. We have a $100 P-plus gift card to give out to one lucky viewer. Uh, so make sure, uh, if you want a chance to, uh, of landing it, simply drop your handle in the chat, and our producer will pick out one lucky winner. By handle, we mean any one of your social media handles. Put it in the chat so we can track you down. People seem to forget to do that part, and it's hard for us to give them away. And we're giving away free things. So just put your handle in there, and we can uh, maybe hook you up with a $100 gift card charlie davies what is going on man good to see you again yeah always good to see you now now we're getting into a routine so i'm i'm, I'm really liking this i'm digging this okay okay well charlie obviously uh we've got arguably the biggest match so far of, of world cup qualifying for the u.s coming up and there's been some news that have come out recently obviously brendan aronson was removed over the weekend people were worried about him and then there was rumors that he was coming in and he was going to figure it out and then taylor twelman just made a statement and i just heard from from a, a very good source as well that uh, Brendan Aronson will not be in the team and that he's out for two to four weeks with a knee injury. Uh, so what's your take on that? Do you think it changes the preparations, the the the, the capabilities of the team? Or, you know, uh, are you still think that we're sort of full steam ahead with the opportunity that we have? We're still full steam ahead. You know, the plus, on the plus side, you get Gio Reyna back and he mm -hmm. just played 90 minutes, right? So you don't have to worry about fitness. I was concerned knowing that he's back but had he been tested for 90 minutes, you know, that, that match fitness is, is key when you're talking about world cup qualifying. Now, is that enough match fitness to, to start at Azteca on an altitude? Uh, probably not. I don't know. Is any match fitness enough for, uh, for Azteca <laughs> exactly. altitude? And so, and so limited, probably not going to be, you know, probably used from the start. If you're thinking about it, if you want to be safe with him, um, so I think from that standpoint, you get him back, you lose Aaron's and yes, he's a dynamic player. He gives you something different, especially on the, the press, the counter press movement of the ball. But, uh, I still think it's full steam ahead and you still have your first choice 11 yeah. outside of McKinney. 
Well, we're going to get to that first choice 11 here in a little bit. You and I both built our, our expected 11s. Now, if you were the coach in this situation, though, would, would, would Gio Reyna be a starter for you? Like, take risk out of it. But knowing the importance of this match, knowing that he came off a 90, you know, we've talked about it a lot in the past on, on the Kegelasso pod around Pulisic, right? Getting him 50, getting right. him 30, getting him 40, getting him 60, working him back into full health. And then you get him back into the national team, whereas Reyna went straight back into 90. So clearly there's a level of fitness that he has that they trust him with. And the fact that he didn't break down. I mean, do you think that's that's enough to to at least feature in the in the Mexico game? Yes. You know, just before this match, he, he got about 27, 30 minutes to the match prior where he had an assist uh, off a free kick. So another 90, that, that also gives me uh, the confidence that he can pull this off, right? He, he, he's going to be able to be used throughout this process but i don't think it's enough to start you and i both know hamstring injuries mm -hmm. you can feel great um throughout the match and it's the recovery process that may take a little bit longer and you have to you have to give your hamstring time to heal so right. i think we we will see him i don't think we're going to see him from the start and is that uh, you know you talk about the full strength 11 minus mm -hmm. weston mckinney and we'll, we'll again we'll, we'll get to that at a certain point um do you think that this team is deep enough? You know, we've talked about, again, we are at unprecedented levels in terms of depth of the national team of potential quality, but we're still going through these motions of developing these players, right? Tyler Adams not starting every game at the moment. You know, the development of these players, Weston McKinney in and out of the team until he found his form and a number of other players kind of going through it all. And so we're deeper than ever in terms of potential talent, but we're not deeper than ever uh, in terms of experience and what we need in, in this type of upcoming, uh, these type of upcoming matches, do you still think we have the quality to one, uh, starting with Mexico, get three points at Azteca, considering Mexico aren't what they used to be, considering the time of the year, the time of the kickoff, all the, the factors that usually create this fortress for Mexico don't seem to be at play at the moment. No, they don't. And I'll go back to the Nations League final in, in the summer. You're not playing in Mexico, but it was a pro-Mexican crowd. It, you're playing at altitude, right? So it's almost a precursor to this match in Azteca because you're thinking, all right, you played in the heat. You played you played in altitude. You played in a pro-Mexican crowd. I would say that crowd was probably 85% uh, for, for Mexico. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not quite Azteca, but it gives you an idea. And they came from behind to win that game, right? For me – that was a huge confidence boost. Then they took them down in the Gold Cup final. Then they took them down again at home in the World Cup qualifier. That's three straight. That never happens. But what really never happens is a win at Azteca in World Cup qualifying. So, right. yes, this team, I think, has enough experience and enough talent and quality to get the job done. Now, we both know that's, that's not all what it takes to win at Azteca. You have to have a little bit more in the grit, and it's just – it's more about – the, the, the smarts in the game, the, the, having that intuition, can you deal with all of those factors and still play your game and be, be resilient? I think they can, but it's, it's not going to be easy. You don't have Dest either, and that's a, a major game changer. Absolutely. And just a reminder for anybody that's listening to this and or watching this, the matches uh, will be on uh, CBS Sports Network and exclusively or as well on Paramount Plus, Mexico versus the U.S. at 10 p.m., Eastern time. And then you've also got the other matches that will be on Paramount plus 705 Eastern Jamaica versus El Salvador, Panama versus Honduras at 905 and then 1005, uh, similar to the kickoff of, of us versus 
or Mexico versus the U.S. Costa Rica takes on Canada. So make sure you guys are tuned into that. Get those notifications on. Also, notifications on for this channel. And for those of you that are trying to win that $100 gift card, don't put the at. What's that ca called? The, uh, the at thing called? It's got a name for it. But don't put that into the chat because then um, YouTube doesn't display them. So just throw in a uh your your social media name and we'll we'll, we'll draw those names out of the hat to give away a a hundred dollar gift card which is pretty amazing now charlie let's shift our focus a little bit uh to geo reyna in this context is he a like for like replacement for for brendan aronson is he a different type of player you know when ricardo pepe first came onto the scene i was super excited about him i'm still super hot on him i think it was the wrong move for him to go to a relegation fighting club for somebody his age and the, and the talent that he has and i think we're seeing the downsides of that right now. But mm -hmm. what I like most about Gio Reyna is his connection to, to Erling Holland when they're on the field, just how connected he is running off, spinning off. How important do you think is Gio Reyna being put in a spot on the field that you bring out the, the best in him, right? We saw when, when Dortmund have gone through the different changes and styles of play over, over the time that Gio Reyna has been there, when they push him high and wide, he's more disconnected from the game. He's less, he's less, I, I think dangerous. He's good at running at players. One, two combination play. Whereas when he's a little more withdrawn, a little more connected to other players around him, he tends to have this real ability, especially in and around the top of the box. I mean, do you think he's a like-for-like -like replacement for, for Brendan Aronson? And, and I guess, does the, does the lineup change when he's on the field and who you want to have around him? I don't think they're like-for-like. -like. I think they're, they're two different players. Aronson is, is one that loves to you know, get into the half spaces. He's very quick, but there's not so much... I think genius on the ball, if yeah. if that's the right word to use. When you, when you talk about Gio Reyna, who's very good in those tight spaces, very good at maneuvering the ball and chopping players. He's got a little uh, flair to him, um, which I love, and, and the attitude. I think he's a little bit more aggressive and physical uh, than than Aronson. I think Brent Aronson has come a long way than, than his early days with the Philadelphia Union, being able to take those hits and, and players and teams that are being physical. But I think Gio Reyna – gives you a little bit different. He's, a, he's an X factor. I think for Gio, when you're watching him play, sometimes you, you see the mannerisms and the body language that is, is poor at times. That's what needs to change with him. If he can be a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more positive in his play, and when players around him you know, maybe don't make the right decision, for him not to go down or, or kind of put the blame on them, kind of pick them up. He's a young player. I think he, he'll he'll get to that. But when you're a young player playing in Europe, that's what happens. If you make a bad decision, you make a bad pass, they let you know. And, and sometimes you're like, man. And I think you pick up those traits with this U.S. team, even though he's young, he's I think he's going to mature into a leader. He's a fantastic player. There's no doubt about it. But I think it's just learning, you know, as you, as you do, as all pros do at a young age, you're just learning as you go. And I think that will be a big benefit to him if he can start to, to change the way he responds um, when things don't go his way or, or his team's way. Do you think that body language can be shaped? And, and, and I, don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but do you think that that body language, that character can be shaped? Or do you think that's the type of person he is? Because you and I both have played with tons of fantastic players that just have really bad body language. And are selfish or are have things that are detrimental to the team. Some of them work it out and they do just enough to be part of it. But do you think that's a, 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 an attitude thing? Do you think it's the fact that he's young? Do you think it's, you know, we've also 
sort of uh, romanticize this into being like the fighter or the hard worker or they want to win so bad. Remember, Clint Dempsey had that reputation for a while of just mm -hmm. like wanting it so bad that sometimes it came out in these ways that felt negative or misunderstood that, you know, they're just harder on themselves than anybody else is that sort of thing. Do you think that can be shaped and molded or do you think this is Gio Reyna's character and that we just need to be or be a little bit, um, uh, I guess, harder on the players around him that sometimes that body language is going to happen because you see some of the best players in the world. I mean, <laughs> Neymar's that way. Uh, Mbappe's that way when things aren't going his way, throwing his arms up and his, you know, kind of head going down when things aren't working out. Do you think that's could be something bad for the team? And do you think it's something that could be shaped or molded by good mentorship? Yeah, I think when you talk about Clint Dempsey, who's a perfect example, all of us players in the locker room knew where his heart was, where his mind was. We knew what his intentions were. I don't think anyone was like, oh man, especially in our generation, maybe the older generation are like, hey, who's this young hotshot who thinks he's coming here to take you know positions and playing time, whatever. We all knew, man, Clint's the real deal. He has this passion. He has a, a fire. He's an ultimate competitor. In training, if you were in his way, if you were preventing him from getting by you, you were going to feel an elbow. You were going to feel you know, him getting physical, and you had to fight right back. He respected you for that, and everyone knew that's kind of what you were getting into. Just don't disrespect your teammate, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's how Clint played. Hey, I'm, I'm going to do this for my family, for myself, for my country, and, and nothing's going to change. I'm going to do, do what I need to do to win and compete. And I think everyone was kind of around that. Although the media portrayed him as, oh, bad attitude, you know, doesn't really talk, blah, blah. But we all knew that was the case. I think with Gio Reyna in this instance, he's not there yet. And so this group, uh, look at him because he's playing at Dortmund uh, as, as someone who's got to kind of be, unfortunately, at his age, uh, uh, one of the leaders of this team, right? Mm -hmm. And it might not be the vocal leader, but you might have to lead with, with your performance, Lead, lead by, you know. Do you think these injuries, by the way, Charlie, uh, change his perspective on things? Because, you know, you, you quickly, like, it, life changes quick when you get injured yes. as an athlete, right? When you're young, especially his age, you're pretty much untouchable. You feel like you're on, you're on top of the world. You don't really warm up. You're not forced to really take care of your body, not even close at that age. Do you think some of that's a, not a wake-up call, but changes his perspective being on the training table for long periods? Injuries definitely change your perspective because you sit out and you have to watch. And that's the worst because mm -hmm. you're getting to watch your teammates play games and have fun and, and you, you can see them on the pitch. And that's where you express yourself. You, you've always expressed yourself. And now you got to sit there in the training room and do massages and, and rehab. It's never fun. It changes you because it gives you a different perspective. It also makes you appreciate, you know, being on the pitch. And then you're going to do whatever it takes not to get injured, right, and learn from – the things you can prevent because you can't always prevent everything. But what I can tell you is I've, I've met Gio um, and he's, a, he's an incredible kid. Um, mm -hmm. He he's obviously his father, you know, it's, it's hard to step out of that shadow, but I think he's done that. And I, I also think, you know, he comes from a good family. He was raised right. And for that reason, you know, getting a chance to see how he, how he interacts with people, he's a good kid. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, agree. you've been around, you've been around, I know you've been around some players where, you know, man, you got bad vibes from them or, or, or they said something that was off and you said, mm. but Gio Reyna, he's a good kid. I know he's going to succeed. I think everyone wants him to succeed, but it's just those moments in the game where you can, you can choose to either lift someone up or bring them down. And I know you want them to be performing at their best, but in some cases, some players need to be brought up. 
Yeah, that's well said. Well, let's let's shift over to sort of the weekend recap of just giving a, a, a perspective of of where the team is at. Obviously, some really high highs. You know, Stefan and Horvath in the FA Cup action. Uh, Jesus Ferreira with with the 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 ten minute hat trick. Uh, Ferreira and Ariola. Ariola has been fantastic since he's gotten there too. Just kind of at that fresh self of just being active. Um, you know, want to get your take on on where you see them. Uh, fitting into the conversation of these these upcoming qualifiers and where you could see them being used, uh, and then and then obviously Geo gets his full ninety as you've already mentioned uh, against Cologne, and then Pepe another unused substitute, just really seemingly far from being a starter on that team or at the level. Another player that I think quickly rose and had what what I think at times some body language issues as well of somebody who just kind of went from zero to hero and now having to figure out kind of where he fits into the team and, and a long ways to go in terms of his development, but still somebody who has so much raw talent. Um, was there anything over the weekend that you took away that gave you, you know, hope? I think there was a lot more in terms of like, okay, no Weston McKinney. Now we're losing Brendan Aronson. We have mm-hmm. no Serginho Dest and kind of thinking about us being um, in trouble versus some of the positives that came out of this weekend and other players that are starting to rise to the occasion as well. The, the biggest one for me heading into this window was Zach Steffen getting 90 minutes in the FA Cup, right? Because he is your starter. You also didn't want him to come into these three match matches without having played a game, right? Regardless of where he is with Man City and, and the training and sessions being so good, you need matches. And so that prep, I think, will serve him and the U.S. men's national team extremely well um, heading into these these three games. So I was really pumped about that. Um of, of all the all the things I saw this weekend. Another one is Gio Reyna getting 90. Just the confidence to know that you can go 90 without getting an injury is massive. So to go from, you know, 30 minutes coming in as a sub, then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're coming in as a starter the next match. So you, you your body recovered and you could handle the 90 minutes, the hamstring held up. That's fantastic. So I think coming into these qualifiers now, maybe you, you come in as a sub, give the body a little bit more time, don't push it too hard, and then you're a starter for that home game against Panama. That would be, I think, the way I would do it. And I, I think that's what Greg would do because sometimes he's he's very smart and, and um, calculated with those moves. So I think that those are the two things that stood out for me this weekend. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're spot on with, with some of those things. I guess my follow-up question to you is, is – um, did did Horvath do enough to to, to earn a starting spot in, in this situation? Stefan getting his first ninety, I think, makes us all more comfortable because we know just the quality that he brings. You know, his, the comfort that he has with his feet. Moments mm-hmm. like that. When I go back to Nations League, there's a couple times that you just have the ability to distribute the the ability to move the ball around. That comfort of knowing that sometimes when you go back to a goalkeeper, at least during our generation, Charlie. That generally meant that it was going to be a long ball. You push your lines up, you fight for a second ball, it comes down. Like the game's a little bit more predictable there. Whereas now, when you have somebody like Zach Steffen back there, you go back there and you get to restart. And yeah, it might be a long ball, but it might be a long switch. It might be distribution out of the back. It might be finding a midfielder to his feet. And you just have a different dynamic of in tough moments, knowing that not every time that you get pressed and you go negative with your passing, that it's going to lead to a 50 50 long ball. Uh, do you think that that's the deciding factor? Do you think there was any question about Zach Steffen being a starter uh, in this one with Ethan Horvath getting the minutes that he had? Or, you know, was the 90 minutes in, in the FA Cup sort of the 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 
the the answer to that question for you, or or was it always going to be Zach Steffen in your book uh, going into this game? I think it was always going to be Zach Steffen as long as he was healthy. And and him playing 90 minutes in the FA Cup match was confirmation uh, that he's healthy and good to go. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things that we've seen throughout qualifying. Matt Turner was on fire. He was the best keeper. All of a sudden, guess what? You're on the bench because Zach Steffen was healthy. Zach Steffen is the number one for the U.S. men's national team. And so whether people like it or not, he's the number one. He's at Manchester City. Yes, he's on the bench, but he's at Manchester City. It, it, it's like if Christian Pulisic, for whatever reason, went to Barcelona or, or Real Madrid and he's on the bench. Are you, is he not going to start? Of course he's going to start. So um, it'll be one of those things where you hope come next year after this, uh, this league uh, campaign ends for Manchester City that he'll be loaned out. And I think he talked. He spoke about that. Um, heading into the World Cup, he wants to get games, right, and, and being consistent. So he'll probably have a half season of, of matches in another place. That would make sense, and that would be obviously best case scenario for for U.S. men's national team. But Horvath, I mean, what what can you not talk uh, say about Horvath? He was fantastic in the Nations League. I mean, to come up big with some huge saves, the penalty kick save. Uh, he, he's just. And he's a good kid. Everyone loves loves him, mm-hmm. right? So you can't go wrong. You look at the the pool. You got to be pumped. It's when they're all fit. Stefan Turner, Horvath, Johnson, Son Johnson. Uh, you have uh, Gaga Slonina with the Chicago Fire, who's a rising star. So the goalkeeper position looks pretty good. Well, let me ask you this then: um, of all the players that have been called into this camp, you know, and I'm looking specifically. Outside of what we would expect to be the starting 11 or 12 or 13, is there one player, and maybe, Des, if you could throw up the roster if you've got it in front of you at some point just to look at this roster, is there a player that you think, if you're anybody that's listening or watching this right now, want that from it, uh, I want to hear from you as well, that's going to be called upon to, ri- to, to, to do something special for this team, right? It's easy to start to predict what this lineup looks like, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking about outside of that. I'm thinking about whether that's your... Christian Roldan's, Luca De La Torre's, Gianluca Busio's, Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, like Paul Ariola, you know, James Sands, uh, Eric Palmer Brown, just kind of thinking outside of the context of, of this group, uh, of, of what our first 11 is. Is there anybody in there that you think, hey, they're going to have to have a huge, and it could be a Kellen Acosta. I mean, is there anybody in this that you go, they're going to at some point have to have a big moment in this team? You know, thinking about, I'm, I, the reason I came, I, I'm thinking about that is I look at, the way Ariola's started the season, I think of the way Sebastian Legette started the season. Christian Roldan's been good at the club level this season. Obviously, Legette not in at the moment. Uh, but but knowing that like you may not be the guy. You might not even be a guy that goes to the World Cup. But in this final window, and, and Charlie, I was part of that in 2010, right? I, I was involved. I had the most caps in, in 20, uh, 2008, 2009. I was heavily involved in World Cup qualifying and all the way through to the end. Wasn't selected, wasn't in the last camp where we qualified, didn't go to the World Cup, was in the final camp, knowing that I played, but I knew, I knew that I played a huge role going into this, right? Is there anybody in this group that you think is going to play that type of role in this camp that we might not be expecting? If, if I had to choose one uh, of, the, of the not given play, playmakers within this roster, um, and we both have our starting eleven. I would say Ricardo Pepe could be the one mm, because I he's like not that. playing. He's out of form. Um, you know, that would be the player that I think stands the biggest chance to to come in and change the game because everyone's kind of written him off. 
because he's not playing. Um, and he's, he's on a, he's in a really difficult spot for a youngster. You go to Europe, you want to play. There's all this hype. You scored some goals with the U S men's national team. You know, you, you are kind of claimed the number nine and all of a sudden you go to Germany and you get no burn. You're playing out of position. Yeah, similar to what Josh Sargent went through. All of a sudden you're a winger, right? And you're thinking, Hey, I thought I was brought here to, you know, be the guy. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work like that in Europe. You can they can spend twenty million on, on you, and you're on the bench. There's no yeah. givens. Like if you're not training well, you're not going to play. And if you do play, you don't produce as a striker, and they spend money on you. It's the next guy's turn. In Major League Soccer, unfortunately, these players can get away with it for yeah. for long spells, right? Not in Europe, and and that is why I think we're starting to see more and more players go over there because. You're going to get tested. You're going to be put in uncomfortable positions. That forces you to grow, right? Either way, you're going to become a better player because you're going to see that how things truly work uh, on the world world uh, scale. Yeah. You know, uh, I would say for me, and, and Ismail, I uh, appreciate that comment that you just had about, about um, Paul Ariola, and I think that's spot on. He's one that I think in moments has been pretty, pretty big and has the – we talk about Weston McKinney a lot as having this this sort of X factor, this game changer ability, and I think there's going to be somebody in this group in this camp that's going to emerge as this game changer or 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 this type of uh, ability. I was I was doing the game last night with LAFC, and you had Ryan Hollingshead had a brace, and you just go like, you know, this is a player finally coming back home to California, Southern California, and has a brace in a in a massive game, and you go, wow, that guy rose to this moment. And he's a he's a right uh, left back, right? He wasn't doing anything uh, spectacularly uh, up to that point. wasn't you know particularly playing great or out of his mind, but but had these huge moments. And I think about that through the lens of this national team, that a ball's going to fall into an area or somebody's going to get a, a decent look from from outside the box and and deliver for this. And Paul Ariola is one that I think uh, has that ability. Jordan Morris is another one that I want to see get back to that level of being able to to win games for the national team. I know those are both sort of trigger names in the U.S. soccer community because they're MLS-based players and whatnot, but they have the experience, and we don't have a ton of experience going into this window. We have more experience because Greg Berhalter's used a deep roster. We have more experience because uh, you know he's, he's rotated a number of players through this qualifying, but we don't have guys you know going back two cycles or whatever, like maybe Kellen Acosta and Christian Pulisic, right, uh, going into the last cycle. Jordan Morris, maybe. But outside of that, we don't have a bunch of guys that know this occasion other than going back to last summer and the three wins that the U.S. has had over Mexico. And so I think about guys like that that have been in these big moments that could rise to that. And I think Paul Areola uh, could be uh, uh, one as well. And by the way, for, for anybody uh, that doesn't already know, uh, on on the um, In Soccer We Trust YouTube channel, we've got an interview with, uh, with Jordan Morris uh, that Jimmy Conrad did that's really interesting. Uh, so go on and take a look at that. Charlie, is there anybody else from 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 this roster uh, that that you could see having having an impact uh, going in, going into this game that we might not be thinking uh, before we before we go to break? Aaron Long. Ooh, Aaron Long. It, Wait till I you see my lineup, then Charlie. Wait till you see my lineup. You know, you know, I might <laughs> agree too. with you. Hey, uh, mine too. Um, I think Aaron Long. Greg Berhalter has always made it known. How much he appreciates Aaron Long as a center back and and a competitor and someone who was a leader for this group, and so now he's back. He's playing consistently, and the way that Red Bulls play is super up tempo, 
and, and high pace, high energy. So it matches along the lines of how this U.S. men's national team is going to play. Now, not necessarily that's how they're going to play in Mexico, but typically being on the front foot, uh, coming up uh, to engage with, with center forwards who check deep, being able to uh, you know cover ground, Aaron Long can do that. So um, it looks like I would not be surprised if, if he is um, one of the, the big uh, players to come out of kind of out of nowhere and, and make a difference. Yeah, it's certainly one that I'm <clears throat> we'll talk more about in our lineups because it sounds like we both got maybe uh, him uh, slotted into something. But uh, before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, obviously, we're going to talk about our, our projected 11s as well as uh, talk about all the other teams uh, in World Cup qualifying in CONCACAF. And then we're going to have our special guest join us as well. We will be right back. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, everyone, we are back. And just a reminder, join soccer's biggest fans in L.A., Kansas City, or NYC on March 24th for a one-of-a-kind soccer watch party immersed in the unique culture of the incomparable Mexico-U.S. rivalry featuring exclusive merchandise. It's going to be sick. I've seen it. Free food and beverage, which is always a plus. You don't get a lot of free food and beverage uh, when you go to these watch parties, but these ones, you will. There's going to be giveaways, interactive games, and more presented by Paramount+. Plus, and you can uh, RSVP for those by signing up at www.com mexuswatchparties.com uh, again that's mexuswatchparties.com to RSVP it's limited capacity each of these cities in LA Kansas City New York will be following local covid guidelines so make sure you sign up get there early get the food get the drinks have a good time i'll be in at the LA one um, but really want to see people turn out in Kansas City and New York as well because those are the soccer hotbeds so let's do it charlie we are back man and it is time to talk about uh, our our um, our proposed 11s for the upcoming 
games. And uh, soon after that, we'll have Paco Palencia joining us. And Charlie, you're going to tell us all about the Paramount Plus team and what they're doing around oh this Mexico-U.S. Uh, game. So let's get into uh, where should we start? Oh, by the way, we're still giving away our $100 gift card. So throw those handles in the chat. Don't put the ats in there uh, because then YouTube won't add them because I think they think you're doing something shady. So just put a handle. You know, if mine says at Heath Pierce, just send Heath Pierce. And then you're entered to win that $100 Paramount Plus gift card. Um, and uh, yeah, Charlie, let's get into it. Should we start with, uh, uh, actually, we'll ask producer Des what the best way to go into these 11s are. Is it let's better go, to, uh, should, we, should, we, should, we, should we start with Charlie's? Okay, let's we'll go, go with Charlie's Des. first. Yeah, we're going to go with Charlie's first. We're going to put his 11 up on the screen. Charlie, walk us through uh, your 11, and right. then I can tell you how bad your 11 is. Perfect. So I'm going to go with Zach Steffen goal. Okay. We know Rick Berhalter said he's the number one. Yeah, least controversial got, of all of them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think Christian Pulisic is probably the least controversial. Oh, that's uh, or true. Tyler Adams. But, that's okay. true. I don't so know. Tyler Adams Stephen. doesn't – hey, Tyler hey, Adams you, hasn't been starting then. Hey, you're already, th you're, you're already throwing out Horvath. So you're the one who's who's trying to throw that in and change it all up. So don't don't come, come over here. No, that was my power rankings goodness. from like a week ago. You know, life changing. <laughs> life comes at you quick, man. You got you to gotta move with the times. Okay, uh, next I'm going to go left back, Anthony Robinson. He, th that position's locked. Mm -hmm. Like That might be the one certified uh, lock for the U.S. Do you no think, one, by the way, do you think it's locked because there's no competition or locked because of his performances, or both? Uh, both. I'd say both. I mean, he, he's had some, some big-time performances. He's also had some, some performances where he struggled, especially with his delivery, right? Yeah. And I think... That's the one area where he can really be a game changer for this U.S. men's national team, especially when they're going to play narrow um, with Christian always tending to come inside on his right mm -hmm. foot. That left gap in, on the flank is going to be wide open because that right back is going to follow Christian inside. So now you have that whole flank ready for Anthony Robinson. So it is crucial that his service is on point. If his th service is on point, the U.S. is going to have a ton of chances, and you're talking about Pifolk, who is a striker who who makes his 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 salary on finishing services uh, from from the flank. So um, you have Zimmerman, who I think has played himself into being the number one center back at the moment, um, and then you have Aaron Long. I think this is going to be the surprise for for most because Aaron Long is playing so well with Red Bulls. I know it's an early season, not so many matches but under his belt but he's he's back right mm -hmm. and so it looks like miles robinson has been switched out the past couple of matches the only reason he came back in was because chris richards was out but if everyone remembers chris richards was played over him uh, to be par partnered with walker zimmerman so i think that makes sense that aaron long comes back in uh to the team and then reggie cannon just because he's been so consistent he's playing now in portugal every single match and he's gone through the whole uh, process of dealing with a relegated squad, uh, a, t a team that's could be relegated, a team that's battling financial issues. Yeah. So he's gone through the playing, not playing. He's grown a lot, and now he's consistently playing. And to be playing in in the club that he's playing at now, in Boa Vista, means he has to be putting in solid performances because otherwise he'd be on the bench. Charlie, so, I got two questions for you on that. Right. Mm -hmm. The first one from Greg is is who do you sub off first in your team? Do you say Pulisic after the 60th minute? And then also, why why Cannon over Yedlin? I I choose Cannon over Yedlin because defensively I think he's better. He's a little bit more physical. Sure, he won't give you uh, as much 
going forward with, I think, chances just because uh, Yedlin is quicker, he's, he's faster, he can get in behind. But I think you, you have Timothy Weah on that side. So you mm-hmm. that, that provides the balance. You have Anthony Robinson who can go high, and you have Reggie Cannon who can drop. And so you have that that balance. And Timothy Weah gets high up down the right flank, and Reggie Cannon's there for, for support. So I like Reggie Cannon in that instance because I think defensively it's a safer bet. And and to be honest, DeAndre Edlin hasn't been that great with Miami. And I know Miami's poor in, in general. They're they're one of the worst teams in Major League Soccer this year. But um, with that being said, I think you go with Reggie Ken because he's the team's doing well and he's on he's on the pitch for ninety minutes. Hey, by the um, way, Charlie, real quick, I, I'm reading right now that U.S. Soccer has just officially stated that that Brendan Aronson, the expectation for him is that he'll be coming into camp and his status is day-to-day. Hmm. So just keep that in mind, uh, the, which likely means there wouldn't be a replacement for him should he not come in or maybe he's coming in to see the medical right. staff. I'm not really sure. There could be a million reasons yeah, around that. But sorry, you know, uh, in, in terms of uh, your, your sub-off yeah. before you get to the rest of your roster there. All right. So then uh, I'm going to go with two defensive midfielders and um, – I'm going to go with, with uh, Tyler Adams and Kellen Acosta. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play with two sixes. The double you're, pivot. You're at a, double pivot. You're at, you're at Azteca. You play with, with both of them, kind of control that midfield, and, and kind of where Raul Jimenez likes to come in and check in, block that, cut that off, and those two can cover so much ground. We all know Kellen Acosta as a six is better than he, he is as an eight or a ten. Right. He played it right. He played it right back uh, yesterday. By the way, for 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 LAFC in that whole ninety minutes there. So so I like him. I like him there. Um, and yes, Tyler Adams hasn't been playing uh, with with Leipzig. It, it's a it's a bit of a concern because you, you know, for whatever reason, he fell out of the, the coach's favor. Right. It, it happens. But we all know how gifted he is. He is an engine. He's a machine. I know you talked about yellow cards. For me. You can never take a game off in CONCACAF. So to throw away a game in Mexico at Azteca Stadium because it's a difficult place to play, for me, doesn't make too much sense because, hey, what if you do win? Then the pressure's off on that Panama game, right? What if what if they have a yellow red card? Or what if the fans turn on that team and you, you outplay them, right? So Canada's gone there and gotten a point. Panama out, you know, had chances, had tons of chances to get a result there. And you look at what Jamaica ha- did too; they had chances. They they kept it close. So I think the U.S. can go there to get a point. That's realistic. But you go for the win, right? You play your best players. Um, now, in saying that, you put Yunus Musa as an attacking midfielder, not necessarily a ten, but he's going to mm-hmm. be your your midfielder who's going to be in the attack. He can dribble out of pressure. He's a player who can burst through lines. On, on the ball, uh, I think he gets into good, good positions, advanced positions. He can spray the ball. He's technically gifted. So you allow him to kind of be a free-range attacking midfielder, and I think that that will work well. And then Timothy Weah, yeah, he hasn't been in the best form, but we know what he brings to the team that other players don't necessarily have. I think Jordan Morris has it, but he's still not yet caught up to where he needs to be. You know, he's still – catching getting back to form right so Jordan Morris can get get there but I think Timothy Weah starts on the right flank you have Christian Pulisic on the left flank we know what 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 he can do remember less is more with Christian less touches be in higher advanced positions 
be a little bit more isolated. Come out to the wing more and, and play off the dribble. Trust your teammates. Don't feel like you have to do it all. And then Jordan P. Folk up top. He's in incredible form. At the end of the day, you want players who are playing, who are in form on the national team, not necessarily, oh, are they playing here? Are they playing there? They're playing and they're doing their job. Yep. I think he's ready. He's had a couple of tastes of how these players play. He knows their tendencies. He's your guy. Now, Gio Reyna, that's probably your first sub coming into the game. And you talked about, oh, who's your first sub? It depends on the game. Yeah, I hate I, I can't – I don't want to say hate. Hate's, hate's the wrong word. I, I strongly dislike when substitutions are premeditated because mm-hmm. if the game is calling for something else, and you already talked about I'm going to sub this player off at 65 – you're 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 hurting yourself and yeah. you're going to change the game for the wrong reason so yep. if, a, if a right the left wing or the left back for for mexico if it's gallardo and he's having a horrible game and timothy way is doing awesome but the plan was to sub him off at 65 to get Gio rain on that makes no sense to me yeah. you, you you go you go with the guys who are doing good doing well in the game and you you make substitutions based off of off of that so um, well charlie let, that's I, what let me stand up I, I, I like it. We'll, and we're going to get back to that 11. But first, we're going to welcome in our special guest. That is Paco Valencia, who is a legend, the Mexican national team. <coughs> Paco, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Thank you so well, much. for Thank you so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Um, we want to get straight into it with you because because we got a lot of questions for you. Um, and, and if you can turn on your camera, it would be great. Um, but if not, also okay. Uh, but I don't know. It's you know it's it's not uh, it's not. I, I just turn my camera on, but I, don't, I can I can watch myself. Yeah, I'm a ghost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, f- uh, f- fair enough. Well, listen. Let's get straight into this uh, Mexico team. Are, are you surprised with the way uh, that they've struggled at times in qualifying? Obviously, still in a great position. Obviously, still going to qualify. But are you surprised by the way in which they've they've sort of gone about business so far in the qualifying campaign? Yeah, we are really disappointed. Well, first of all, thanks Sawyer for for you guys to inviting me here and Charlie, nice to meet you and see you yeah. guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, for us, uh, we are very disappointed about all these kind of things that it happens to the uh, our national team. Uh, I think we have enough talent in the field. We have enough talent in the in the roster, and and I think that we should be like in the in the first uh, in the first two positions, uh, struggling with uh, with USA. Actually, Canada, it's a great surprise for us to show up and be in the first position. But for me, it's really disappointed that the that we are like. <laughs> Even now, we are afraid that we don't qualify. If we lost against the uh, U.S. men's national team, uh, we're in very danger because mm-hmm. Panama is like uh, really close from us. Gonna be, if they win, uh, they're going to be in one point uh, behind us. And it's going to be like uh, really disappointed for us to be like this. So for me, it's uh, I am really pissed about this <laughs> situation <laughs> <laughs> because the talent is there. And I think it's the, the guilty. It's the coach that they don't. They don't. He don't have the feeling or the rapport to be like a, to put it all together in the same way, in the same goal. I, I had a question, Paco. If you're looking yeah. at this lineup for for 
L3 in, in this match in, in Azteca Stadium versus the U.S. Men's National Team, who mm-hmm. must be on the pitch for you? Because I look at these players, there's a lot of, of top talented Mexican national team players who are not in great form, right? Mm-hmm. So would you rather play players who are playing consistently versus, you know, some of the bigger name players um, who, who might not be in the best of form? Yeah, well, that's a good question, Charlie, because for me, the most important is the play, the, 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 the players who are in the best shape. Never mind if there are like, uh, they have more experience, less experience. For me, they have to be the, the players that they're not experienced in the best shape, in the best shape. Never mind if, if they are younger or experienced or, or really, really a lot of experience. I don't want to say old, <laughs> but the, the, these games, you have, to, you have to play with the best uh, on the pitch that you have. The best rhythm, the best um, uh, the most motivated because there are some of, of those guys, maybe they go and they're not motivated. I don't know why, but but some games we watch, they said like, this guy is not playing uh, in the same intensity, the same energy in in with the national team that in their teams. So first of all, we have to go uh, to the national team because you want to go, because you love to go, not because you, you, you have to be there. It's because yeah. you want to. And and do you think that there's a problem right now? Obviously, you've got a player like Chicharito that's in good form, but he's still got his falling out. You've got um, just these issues that you have with Tata Martino. Do you think that this is a window where it starts to come together? Do you think he's the capable manager of bringing all of these teams and these players together to, one, be proud to play for the national team and get the most out of them and also see this team continue to get better? Or do you think... That I mean, how much of that is on the manager versus these players that need to have their own motivations to come in the national team? I think we have to uh, to put the egos out because it's the national team. Mm-hmm. It's not about it's my team. It's not the, the Tata Martino team. It's not Chicharito's team. It's not any other players' team. It's it's Mexico, and we have to put the egos out. And we if and Chicharito is in a good shape. You have to pick up the phone and call him. Hey, I like you because you are in a good shape. You are you are back in a good shape. You start uh, scoring goals. Uh, I think you are working hard. So I, I want you to be here. You want to come? It's not Paco, about ego. Yes, I, 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 you know this. This is this is going to be the biggest question for you. If there's one player on this roster that mm-hmm. needs to be at his best for Mexico to win. And qualify for the World Cup. Who is that yes. player for you? For me, Corona. El Tecatito. Wow, okay. For me, it's it's one of the best players in Mexico. I think he is. Uh, he uh, he always in a good shape. He never talk too much. He just work, which is important. Don't talk, just work. And he always makes the difference every time. Well, you can tell when they when he was playing at uh, at the Porto, he he's a quiet player, but he always works so so hard. He scored goals, he makes assistance, and then with Sevilla, as soon as he he land in Sevilla, he is a starter. Mm-hmm. He's a starter. So for me, the key player is El Degadito. 
That's well said. Well, Paco, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on and answering a few questions for us. Obviously, a legend of the game and another Chivas USA uh, player to come uh, join us. It's a, it's a very weird, small community we've built, but we keep having <laughs> former Chivas USA uh, players on the team. So thank you so much for, for um, coming on and chatting with us and being a part of this community. And we appreciate you taking time out of your day and all the best for for uh, Mexico and this upcoming window, except for the, you know, the first one against the U S we're not going to wish you uh, <laughs> good luck for that one. We need that luck because we want to get, we want to get, uh, we want to get four, four in a row against Mexico. And uh, I, I will say if there is a fourth, um, you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully things don't just don't come burning down in Mexico uh, for the U S beating them. Uh, but we have one more question for you actually, before you go, Michel Romero is asking, I wonder how Paco is feeling about his Pumas in CONCACAF Champions League. Well, they're doing good. They're, they make a comeback the last, oh, the last game. Don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is football. This is, this is soccer. So uh, I think uh, Pumas has that energy. You know, he has had that proud. They're, they're never, they never give up. And and for me it's a pleasure to be with you guys. Uh, sorry to be late because like now here it's it's almost nine o'clock and I and I brought my kid to the to the soccer training and coming and pick him up uh, really quick and bring him back home and I, I just want I don't want to miss the chance to to chat a little bit with you guys. Hope no, next that, time will be longer. Yeah, I hope yeah, next absolutely. time will be longer as well. And we appreciate you know that makes this time that you spent with us even more special that you took time out of your day uh, while you're with your family. So thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Have a good one, guys. All right, Charlie. So let's get let's get back into it, man. What a legend! It's yeah. great to have a legend on this, uh, especially heading into a uh, a Mexico U.S. match. Uh, Charlie, tell us about Paramount Plus's plans at the Azteca. I mean, do you have do you have the plans that you can share with us? I mean, what's going on there? Yeah, I mean these are these are top secret. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, you know we're all going. Uh, it's going to be exciting. We're going to be in Azteca Stadium. Uh, for the pre-match, the, the halftime, and the post-game. Um, I haven't been there since 2009, so, um, mm. you know, a little bit of a, a bittersweet moment for me. But, um, yeah, this is this is exactly what uh, I've always dreamed of, you know, getting to, to work, um, you know, on this side of things, covering the biggest games, right? And this is the biggest game for U.S. soccer and for, for Mexican, for Mexican fans. For Mexico, this is the biggest match in CONCACAF. It doesn't get better. I know Canada is first place, but this is the biggest match. Yeah. So um, I'm pump, pumped that we get to cover it. And, uh, you know, obviously it's uh, on CBS Sportsnet. So no one has to complain about uh, being behind a, you know, paywall. You can watch it. Let's go. I'm hyped. I like that. I like that. Well, listen, let's get into – we'll get into my starting 11 now. Uh, but just for everyone's sake and understanding of why you should be watching this game, and if you can't be there live, then you should be watching it on, on TV, is because this is probably the last time for a very long time that US, U.S. is going to play Mexico in a match of consequence, at least for, for World Cup qualifying, because you go into 2026, automatic qualify, all, qualification and more teams. And then when you go into 2030, you're going to have a different qualifying schedule. More teams are going in, which means they're probably going to break up U.S. and Mexico into, into two separate groups. And so you might not see this again for a long time, and that's the magnitude of this. Plus, there's points on the line for qualifying, so make sure you're tuning into that. So listen, we'll get into my 11 real quick, Des, if you want to throw that up. I'll walk through it uh, very, very quickly. We've got some similarities in the team. I've got Eunice Musa, Pifak, Weah, and Pulisic. It's up the top, same thing. No, well, no, no. Except for Yedlin. No. 
Yeah, except for except for Yedlin. And actually, by the way, uh, and, and I, I did think that I'd get one past you with Aaron Long, but I, I like him as well. He's been really, really good. And there's just a simplicity to his game and an athleticism that I think is similar to Miles Robinson, but more experience. Uh, and I think Miles Robinson in, in these types of moments and in the form that he's in right now is capable of making that one error that might be costly to the team. I love Miles Robinson. I love his upside. I, I love where he's going to go. I'd love to see him find a new challenge somewhere that can really push his game to the next level. But Aaron Long's the same for me. DeAndre Yedlin, I went with just based on experience. I know we went with him on experience earlier on in the window against Canada where he shut off and made a mistake and something that shouldn't happen for somebody with as much experience as and, and, and quality that he has. I'm hoping that he's a little more balanced. I actually, as I was looking at yours and I saw that you had Cannon in there, it started to make more sense to me with Cannon than Yedlin, especially because of the fact that Robinson and Dest, when they play together, leave us very exposed at times because they both like to cheat up the field as with their starting positions. And you can't have both doing that all the time. Now, if you're very, very good in possession, which I think we are at home against some teams, that works. But you need to be able to sit home and know and pick and choose your moments. Charlie, you know what it's like in, in the locker rooms when, and maybe not to be a defender, but when you're playing games like this, there's always that conversation with the coach, which is like, hey, there's going to be space for you there, but pick and mm-hmm. choose your moments of when to go. You know, defense first, be smart, don't leave the team exposed. You know, kind of release yourself as you see the buildup happening or the change, the, changing the point of the attack. Then you can start to go. Don't cheat up high on the field and have your starting positions be uh, leaving your team a little exposed. Now, if you play with a double pivot, you can be a little bit more uh, open in that. But yeah, I, I'm actually starting to think a little bit more towards Reggie Cannon in this one. But I do think DeAndre Yedlin, in his response to, to the Canada uh, performance, has been better for the national team. He's been good for Inter Miami, and so I'd like to see him get a run out. Just having a little bit more of that "I've been there before" type of mentality, even though we both know that that doesn't always mean something. Because if that was the case, you'd have John Anthony Brooks on the field, and it doesn't always apply, you know, kind of apples to apples in that case. But yeah, very similar to your your starting eleven. Uh, not a lot of surprises there, but um, yeah, I want to get your thoughts on that real quick. Yeah, uh, I would say solid starting eleven. Um, you and I see the game uh, very similar. Um, I would say, yeah, you, you want to be pragmatic. I think in a case where you're, you're desperate which by, for three points. Which, by the way, we've been accused of being a little bit too defensive with that lineup. Um, but, you know, there might be long pe- – my, my take on that is that there might be long periods that we won't have the ball against Mexico. We saw in the Nations League, there are right. long periods we didn't have the ball against Mexico. We remember ourselves beating Mexico, but Mexico – had the run of play. Mexico had the bigger chances. They had us kind of on the ropes at times. We just outfought oh, yeah. them and were more strategic. But we, the romanticism in us is like we beat Mexico, no problem. But that's not how the game mm-hmm. plays over 90 minutes when you play Mexico. No, not at all. And I think with Reggie Cannon, he, he, I think he has a little bit more tenacity when it comes to de- defending first, right? If you needed three points, Yedlin's on the pitch, I think, because yeah. he's much more aggressive, right, and a game changer. But also – Greg loves his, his game-changing subs, right? So you're talking about bringing Yedlin on. That's a real change of pace, right? That, that's, a, that's a big added bonus when you're talking about um, a substitution who can come in and, and bring something different, right? Yeah. Same with Gio Reyna. Uh, same with, um, you know, I, I think Ricardo Pepe is a, a little bit different too than, than P-Folk just with his movement. And, you know, Jordan's not the, the quickest player. Uh, Jordan Morris might also be a, a substitution where you know he comes on, he makes a big difference. So um, I like I like the options off the bench. I like I like how Greg has approached uh, his, his you know 
roster for this mm-hmm. these three games. I mean, this is it's massive. This is it. This is what yeah. we all been waiting for. And if you told me a month, a year ago, or a two years ago, that we'd be in this position right now, I'd say I like my chances. Second yep. place in the table. We have one home game against two teams who are who are not at their best. I'll I'll take my chances all day. Yep. Well, that's well said. And by the way, let's look. We're we're looking at uh, Jimmy Conrad's projected eleven. He's he's obviously on CBS Sports HQ right now and couldn't join us today. But we'll take a look at it. And for those of you that are listening, he's got Miles Robinson slotted in instead of uh, instead of um, Aaron Long. He's got Yedlin at right back, similar to mine. Tyler Adams, Urena, and Musa in the midfield as a midfield three. So Musa would be probably sitting a little bit deeper with Urena connected to the strikers. Then up top, he's got Jesus Ferreira starting. You know, this is a real, a real impulse uh, move for Jimmy uh, after Jesus Ferreira's uh, hat trick over the weekend, which I'm not against, by the way, but certainly uh, wor- uh, worth uh, kind of stewing on a little bit as to what, what Greg Berhalter is actually going to do uh, with his lineup there. And we saw, I'm seeing a lot of shouts, by the way, Charlie, for, for Luca De La Torre. I haven't seen enough of a sample size against an opponent that I think uh, troubles me or worries me to, to, to trust him in a game like this. Obviously good with his feet, calm on the ball, but in a game like this, I'd like, there to, I'd like to have a little bit more of an idea of what I can get from a guy like that before putting him in or throwing him into the fire like this one. Yeah, uh, uh, that was going to be one of my surprises in, in the starting 11 because I'm like, I know Greg likes him and, and mm-hmm. re- respects his game, and he does have that. You're talking about Luca. Luca, yeah. Okay. A player who, who is good in possession, right? Mm-hmm. But I think for this matchup – If you don't got possession and they over <laughs> – they over like – they overpress you and you don't have possession, you quickly start to go like, man, I can't find the ball. That's because you're hiding. Mm-hmm. It is a, you know what I mean? Like you got to yeah. find other ways in matches like this to be impactful. And it can't just be possession-based because if you're not getting the ball in good spots or people don't want the ball that are connecting the lines, you're pretty much you're rendered pretty much useless if that's what you do best, you know? Right. And so yeah, I'm gonna go with and two players who are probably better defensively on set pieces as well. So yeah. Um, set pieces, I think, are going to win this game for, for the U.S. Uh, so it, it's it's a match that you have to grind. And they always talked about suffering. I don't like to use that word. Who like no one likes to suffer, and you don't need to suffer against this Mexican team. You just have to be uh, tactically sound. If yeah. you're tactically sound, you know Tecatito, he's going to take his touches. Don't get pulled out of position so he, they can you know one two around you, or you can get chopped left and right and diving in. Stand him up. And you look on the other side, and it's Chucky Lozano. Mm. He waits for you to drop your head. Mm. As soon as somebody has time and space, especially Hector Herrera, the ball's over the top. Before you know it, he's in behind. You you know how they play. So it's just yeah. being tactically sound. And I think the U.S. has a really good chance at coming away mm. with at least a point. Well, Charlie, I use the word suffer because you're a striker. You don't know what it's like to suffer long periods. <laughs> you're, the one, you're the one running at the defenders for 90 minutes. The defenders have to defend for 90 minutes, and it's not very fun. You have to be willing to suffer. You don't have to suffer. You have to be willing to suffer long periods of like, you know, especially these guys that play in good football clubs now where they play decent football. You might not be with the ball for long periods. And it's like you said, it's tactical. It's discipline. It's knowing when to pick and choose your moments to go forward. Well, let's shift our, our focus over to the other qualifiers real quick. Uh, Panama versus Honduras is taking place, Charlie. What's your what's your takeaway from 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 this one? Obviously, Panama is still very much alive, uh, and they're playing against Honduras, who have been surprisingly bad for the entirety of like take away their draw against Canada to start World Cup qualifying in their first mm-hmm. half against the U.S. Uh, they've been really poor and could and likely will give up all three points to Panama, who are playing at home in this one. I mean, what's 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 your what's your takeaways from this match? 
I think Honduras are, are still going to be poor. Panama won in Honduras, 3-2. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Pan- Panama take care of business at home, which uh, which means they continue to put pressure on Mexico and the U.S., which a draw is a dream for, for Panama in this one, uh, yeah. if they can take care of Honduras, which I think they will. And then Costa Rica, they play Canada. Now, Costa Rica, when they lost 1-0 in Canada in, in November, on November 12th, they did not have Kaylor Navas. So Kaylor Navas is back, and he makes a huge difference for this Costa Rican side. And Canada still don't have Davies. So yeah. uh, you, you throw in the belief of this Costa Rican side. It seems like they've turned it around. They understand how they're going to have success. They don't have game-changing players going forward. Joel Campbell is kind of the player that they rely on to create some chances. But largely, they're a set-piece team. They're either they win a ball in the, the attacking half off of the counter press, they score, or they they are good on a set piece and they win one nil, and that's good enough for Costa Rica. That's how they're going to beat you. So, if Canada, you know, concede a goal, it'll be very difficult for uh, Canada to come away with that with a result. In Costa Rica, they they're still in it, so they're playing with with a lot of belief. Um, and I think those are the two matchups to watch. That's well said. And by the way, uh, I had a chance to, to, to sit down and chat with Anibal Godoy, uh, kind of a midfield maestro of uh, Panama. And that interview will be coming out uh, later this week. And by the way, we're still giving away that $100 uh, gift card to Paramount Plus. So make sure you drop your handles in the chat without the at sign uh, so that we can uh, enter you in to win that $100 paramount plus gift card it's it's pretty great you know depending on what subscription service you get or what which premium of a level it could last you uh quite a while so make sure that you give us your handle so we have that and you can enter in we're going to be doing more of these along the way so we appreciate all of you if you haven't already subscribe to the channel like this video as well and if you're listening to this in audio form you know leave us a comment leave us a review help this uh podcast get found by more people charlie we got a couple more games that we've got to talk about obviously costa rica versus Canada you touched on and then Jamaica El Salvador a little bit of a of a consolation so to speak mm-hmm. uh, and and not of huge value but those two teams will be looking to play spoilers in some of their games later on in the window uh, do you expect anything uh, special to come out of uh, this Jamaica do you, uh, I haven't looked to see who Jamaica's even brought into the, to these ones but you know uh, both teams not in the race to, to, to finish fourth or in the top four. Um, but what does the future look like, at least to you, for, for Jamaica and El Salvador? Do you, do you see bright spots? Was there anything exciting about them in the qualifying campaign? Do you think they're going to be dangerous moving forward, especially with an expanded World Cup after this one? Yeah, I, I mean, Jamaica, they play El Salvador. El Salvador has, uh, I think, impressed a lot of, of teams in, in World Cup qualifying. They've come a long way. Um, you know, Hugo Perez has transformed El Salvador. And you have to imagine, um, you know, a player like Alex Roldan, uh, coming into that uh, team, having the choice of trying to continue to play well for the Seattle Sounders and hope for a U.S. call-up like his brother, Christian Milan, or, or go play for El Salvador now. And he chose now, and he's he's kind of been a revelation for them. Um, so it, that's been good to see. Jamaica is a team that I think came on uh, too late. You know, they, they surprised the U.S., I think, uh, in Jamaica with that that draw. But when you when you have, you know, some of the players that they do – you, you need some chemistry and there was no cohesion. It was all individuals. And, and I think that's what kind of was a downfall for Jamaica. So um, El Salvador looks like if Hugo Perez stays and, and isn't, you know, poached from an, an MLS side uh, in, in the next cycle, they could be a, a team that I, I see them, you know, continue to make progress. 
That's well said. And Elias, appreciate you giving us an update. Antonio's not in for that camp, um, which is a disappointment, but uh, makes sense considering that they're they're no longer really in in, in the chase for anything uh, other than looking towards the future. Um, but Charlie, that's it for us, man. Uh, I know it was brief. It was a long hour, uh, but we had a lot of ground to cover and we didn't get a chance to go- dive deeper into these things. But as a reminder to everyone, we'll be going live again after Thursday's game to recap what will hopefully be the fourth straight win over L tree and make sure you join us then and in the meantime follow in soccer we trust wherever you get your podcast leave us a glowing rating and a review download all of the episodes tell all of your family friends loved ones colleagues anybody that you know go out on the street print out some cards hand them out to people let people know this exists because we want to build a really strong community not just now not tomorrow but for the foreseeable future and you know the drill with all this stuff like comment subscribe and until next time on behalf of myself producer des Alex, of course, Charlie Davies, thank you so much. And every one of you that send those comments in, we thank you so much. And we will see you guys all on Thursday. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!